is the Adam Crowley Show. Wow, 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 he's a very nice. ESPN Pittsburgh on 970 AM and 106.3 FM. You found the Crowley Show, where your mom listens and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian LaMartina sitting across from me. Shirtless Tom behind the glass. Tell your kids. Tell your wife. We're doing radio up in here. Make sure to check them out on Twitter too. At FBomber73 and at ButtonPusher970. Man, I am not a popular guy right now. Because of some of my Steelers takes. A lot of people getting on my case about being the Landry Jones defender, saying it is an odd hill to die on. I suppose it is an odd hill to die on. But I have never been convinced that I've been so right about something and convinced that the team was so wrong about something. As odd as it sounds. We'll get to that in a couple of minutes. A lot of people are also mad at me because I don't think Le'Veon Bell's a bad guy. And I don't think Le'Veon Bell is doing the wrong thing here. I also don't think the Steelers did the wrong thing. And I think they're being miscast by the national media some. Mike Tanier of Bleacher Report tweeted, quote, Official statement from the Steelers, we've done nothing, and it didn't work, and now we're mad and it's totally the player's fault, so blame him. Bucky Brooks, who's a former player and scout, who's now an NFL media member, tweeted, I'm sure Le'Veon Bell's disappointed the team didn't give him a fair deal at market value. They should have thought about his absence when they failed to make him an offer that matched his talent and production. Steelers had two years to avoid this holdout, end quote. (sighs) Le'Veon hasn't done anything wrong, but the Steelers absolutely haven't done anything wrong. And to suggest that the Steelers didn't offer Le'Veon Bell fair market value is either intellectually dishonest or it's just spewing nonsense because these guys don't know what they're talking about. The Steelers offered five years and $70 million to Le'Veon Bell, 33 of which was guaranteed, when the next highest paid running back was making $8.25 million. How is that not fair market value? It almost doubles the contract that the next highest paid guy was going to make. That, by definition, is more than fair. So the Steelers didn't do anything wrong. Now, anybody who's saying Todd Gurley, though, got $45 million guaranteed, bruh, four years and $60 million, that happened after the Steelers made the offer to Le'Veon Bell. That happened after the deadline for the Steelers to sign him long-term. Not to mention Gurley's younger, coming off of a better season, and has never been suspended. Here's why Le'Veon is also right. The Steelers are right. Le'Veon's right, too. And I know there's not typically room for nuance. There is always room for nuance on the Crowley Show. Because the Gurley deal got signed, that can now be the precedent set for Le'Veon's next deal. At the time, what the Steelers offered was fair market value. Now, fair market value is more in the neighborhood what Gurley's making. Now, again, Gurley's younger, coming off a better season and has never been suspended, like I just said. But Le'Veon can at least look at that, and if he has a good enough year this year, if he plays, then he can say, look, that's what I get. 
So Le'Veon could wind up getting rewarded at the end of all this. The Steelers, they showed good faith with their contract offer. There doesn't need to be a bad guy. Le'Veon Bell showing up on Monday or showing up tomorrow doesn't make a difference to me. Now, if he doesn't show up tomorrow, then you start to get pissed. If he doesn't show up tomorrow, then you say, Le'Veon, come on, man, you're being a little bit ridiculous. Because if he doesn't show up tomorrow, then he's not playing in Game 1. And if he doesn't play in Game 1, there's no reason for him to play before Game 11. But showing up on Monday for a practice when you haven't been around for a long time, yeah, that's good faith, too, I guess. But the real practice is tomorrow. Tomorrow's when the game plan gets installed. Tomorrow's when you'd love to see Le'Veon Bell. I don't got a problem with him missing the first day. So I don't have a problem with the way this has gone down. I really don't. Now, Le'Veon's done some things along the way that make me want to smack him across the face. He has convoluted Snapchat posts, Instagram posts that make you think, what a jackass. He's played the victim a bunch, even though, as I said, the Steelers had a more than fair value or offered to him. He is not a victim. He needs to get his mind straight. Those things bother me. But as far as a business decision, I get it. And as for the Steelers, I get their business decision too. Let's go to Devin. First time caller on the Crowley Show. Hello, Devin. Hello, buddy. I'm serious this time. Um, no, he's doing what he feel like he got to do. I don't hate that dude, and I don't hate the Steelers. They couldn't come to an agreement. He feels like uh, he's worth whatever, whatever. They feel like he's worth whatever, whatever. All right, you know what I mean? If, even if he doesn't come in, I feel like he's not coming in because he feel like they're going to run him into the ground. You know what I mean? And so that's just it. Thinks- so if Le'Veon Bell sits out until Week 10, I don't agree with the business decision, but I understand why he would feel that way. I wouldn't do it. I think he can maximize his value the best by coming in and playing and putting up 2,200 yards like he did a couple of years ago and proves to everyone that he's still that explosive back. That's how I think he can make the most money. This is the only thing thing where Le'Veon is losing just a little bit. Uh, You might not agree with me. He's probably the best blocking running back I've ever seen. Sure, Definitely a great runner. Uh, he's definitely a great catcher. He doesn't have look. Listen, if he had that getaway, like say a Todd Gurley does or a uh, David Johnson does, where they just get ahead of everybody and they explode and they are gone, he just doesn't have that. But that's okay because he does everything else well. But you know what? Business. He's you know what, Devin? He's never had that. But last year was the worst of it, and that's why. And thank you very much for the call. That's why I think he could prove to people that he can maybe add that explosiveness this year or be more explosive than he was last year. That's why I would do that. That's why if I were him, I'd show up and prove to everybody I'm the 2,200-yard back, not the guy everyone's saying only averages four yards a carry. I think that's how he can maximize his value. Now, in his mind, he's probably thinking, if he doesn't show up tomorrow, we'll know. I maximize my value by staying healthy. I maximize my value by not playing the first 10 games and then the final six the final five, final seven, whatever it might be, with playoffs included, then I ball out. Uh, I don't agree with that. 412-922-2874. Again, you can tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Here's one thing I don't agree with that a lot of people have been throwing out there. 
James Conner will be better than Le'Veon Bell, or you're not going to miss Le'Veon Bell, or we're sick of Le'Veon's nonsense, you're better off just saying goodbye. No, I think you're always better off with talent. I think you're always better off with better players. No player in the history of the game, through his first 60 games, has had more yards at the running back position than Le'Veon Bell. He's a Hall of Famer. He's an All-Pro. James Conner has looked like an All-Pro against toilet roll type players, against backups, against vanilla defenses in the preseason. I'm not going to believe that James Conner is the solution until I've seen him be the solution at least a little bit in the regular season. So any Steelers fans that are saying, I'm sick of the distraction, any Steelers fans saying, I'd rather see James Conner, I think you're doing the breakup thing. For example, I was on vacation like a decade and a half ago now. I'm getting old. And there was a girl I met there. Name was Elizabeth. She was cute. She was into me. She thought I looked like Leo. We had some fun. A lot of fun. It was fun. Maybe a little rusty bell thrown in there. But at the end of vacation, she starts arguing with me. I start arguing with her. Why? Because we were never going to see each other again. So instead of remembering all the good times, instead of thinking, oh man, this was fun, or that was fun, or under the boardwalk. No, instead we're thinking, man, we were miserable at the end. God, I can't wait to get away from that guy. You look back on it 15 years down the road, oh, that guy was a douche. And I look back on her, oh, that sucked. Now I'm old enough to realize what we did. We were trying to make the breakup easier. I think Steelers fans are doing that. Steelers fans are trying to pretend like Le'Veon Bell isn't as great as Le'Veon Bell is. And you can cite your yards per carry statistic. Why does that matter? What matters to me is the guy's on the field 90% of the snaps is a tremendous pass blocker. It doesn't tip the defense off as to what he's going to be doing or what the offense part of me is going to be doing because he can do everything. He can catch the ball against Jacksonville, make a play that no other running back I don't think in the National Football League makes. Don't convince yourself because the breakup is imminent that he's not good enough. That he's not as good as James Conner. Or that the gap between James Conner and Le'Veon Bell isn't that great. It is great. It's Hall of Famer to Guy. It's Hall of Famer to a maybe. That's really been the theme of today's show. Landry Jones isn't great. Landry Jones is just a guy. But I know what he gives me. And he gives me consistency. He is as Kevin Colbert said last year, better than 80% of the backups in the National Football League. I know what he can bring. Maybe Josh Dobbs is good. Maybe Mason Rudolph is good. They're maybes. Landry, I think I know. Le'Veon Bell is a known commodity. Le'Veon Bell is one of the best running backs I've ever seen with my two beady little eyes. I look like Leo. Le'Veon Bell can do things I've never seen running backs do before. He does Marshall Falk type things. He catches the football one-handed over a linebacker against the Jacksonville Jags. Can James Washington or James Washington? Can James Conner do that? James Washington can't either. I got news for you. 
Steelers don't have a player on their roster who can catch the ball out of the backfield like Bell, and I still don't think they have a guy who can run the ball like Bell. And on third down, riddle me this, Batman. On third down, first third down of the season, when Miles Garrett's coming off the edge, screaming in on Ben Roethlisberger, who do you want standing in there to protect Ben? Is it James Conner or is it Le'Veon Bell? If you think it's James Conner, you don't know what you're looking at. I want the known commodity. I don't want the maybes. And the Steelers, with Landry, they went with the maybes. And Steelers fans are okay with the maybes because they're so mad at Le'Veon Bell for what he's done. You just got to remember where you've been. You got to remember those good times on the beach. You got to remember the rusty bell. You got to remember under the boardwalk. Coming up next, we'll talk to Mark Caballi from The Athletic about the Landry decision and, of course, about James Conner and Le'Veon Bell. It's the Crowley Show. Some exclusions apply. The Adam Crowley Show. On ESPN Pittsburgh. I have a fantasy football draft tonight. I'm going to switch my team name from the Forte Inch Ditka to Rusty Belt. <laughs> Can I veto that name change? The Forte Inch Ditka is beautiful. That's a beautiful That's a great name. name. That really is a good name. Keep dude. that. You think I should keep Forte keep Inch Forte Ditka? Inch, Forte Inch Ditka. I don't want to say it too many times. I know. I almost I almost, <laughs> I felt myself go right off the rails when I just said it there. I got it out, but I was in danger. I don't know if my buddy's name is... FCC kosher, but I'm going to say it anyhow. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. I know I'm not allowed to say the prefix of the word, but if I say it in the word, I think we're good. You know what, dude? Try it. Ah, the Pittsburgh feelers. Yeah, that probably wouldn't fly. <laughs> probably not allowed to <laughs> say that. I don't that. think you are. I shouldn't say it. Nah. I'd like, also don't, like don't to dump it, but I don't think you're allowed to say oh, it. Oh, I didn't dump it. Don't worry. Okay, cool. Speaking of dumps, anybody who's <laughs> sitting around their computer at work, do not look up Rusty Bell. But anybody who's at home and over the age of 18, please do, because that was the Freudian slip from earlier on in the show. Rusty Bell, I tried it during the break. Yeah. Surprisingly liberating. Really? Yeah. Liberty Bell. Ding dong. Ding dong. Mark Caboli joins us now from The Athletic on the Crowley Show. Mark, were you surprised that Le'Veon Bell didn't show up on Monday, and do you think he's going to show up tomorrow? Yeah, I was a little surprised he didn't show up yesterday. I thought yesterday would be the day, just like last year, because he alluded to that over the summer, that that's what he was planning on doing when he went on his Snapchat tour of his residence in California, saying there was going to be the same thing. So we, I assumed he was going to show up, but there's not real much difference between Monday and Wednesday if he shows up tomorrow. Now, there's a huge difference if he doesn't show up tomorrow. Now, I think the panic mode sets in because if he doesn't show up Wednesday, what prevents him from showing up next Wednesday and the Wednesday after that and all the way up until about November? Mark, if he does not show up tomorrow, that would indicate to me he's not going to play in the first game. If he doesn't play in the first game, what's for us to believe him playing in any of the other ones? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If he doesn't show up, I mean, even if he does show up Wednesday and he's, you know, best shape of his life 
sort of like Jerome Bettis and Ben Roethlisberger, best shape of their life. He's still not going to get a ton of reps, and I wouldn't be shocked that uh, James Conner doesn't start that game in Cleveland based on what he was able to do. And I don't think anybody in that locker room would, would uh, bat an eyelash at something like that, that James Conner's been uh, putting in the time for the past month looking good while Larry Ondell has been away. So, I mean, even if he does show up tomorrow, I don't think he's going to – you know, he's a 10 to 12 carry type of guy in Cleveland, potentially, more than, you know, what he did last year. If James Conner has to be the guy for 10 weeks, what do you think his production looks like in comparison to what the production of Le'Veon Bell would have looked like through 10 games? I think it's going to be very similar to what they do on the defensive side of the ball. Is I think they'll have different roles, even though they've been uh, trumpeting the fact that James Conner can catch the ball all of a sudden this year and better than anybody else. I think they'll have different people in different roles, so the numbers might not be very uh, comparable to what James Conner can – I mean, Le'Veon Bell can put up. But, I mean, I told you back a couple months ago, James Conner looked like a different guy. I, I think he can hold it down here, so to speak, using all my Tomlinisms, so to speak, until Le'Veon gets here. And I think more importantly is, is once Le'Veon gets here, that he, he can actually provide a legitimate breather, a legitimate option other than Le'Veon Bell when uh, it says that he needs to come off the field. So I don't think that the numbers can actually be compared because, like I said, I think there will be other people filling in in different roles. But I don't think they're going to lose a whole ton. Well, then why pay the guy $14.5 million in the first place? I think the Steelers probably well, feel like, I feel like this, I feel like the, I'm not saying now, but yeah. at, but go back a couple of months. If, if you feel like you can replace Le'Veon Bell's production with Jalen Samuels and James Conner, then why did they try so hard to sign they, him in the first place? I know They that, didn't know. They didn't know at the time. Well, they didn't know James that. Was. Well, okay, that's fine. But now you look at... What they do know, which is James Conner's been okay, and you've got no Le'Veon Bell. Uh, even if Le'Veon Bell shows up this week, I think James Conner's still probably going to get the majority of the touches the first game against Cleveland. But uh, I, I don't agree with that. I, I, I think, I think there's a huge drop off between what they yeah. have and Le'Veon Bell. Well, I don't know if there's a huge drop off. Uh, you know, when you compare it to the rest of the league, if you compare it to Le'Veon Bell, I've learned this from years past is Le'Veon, I mean, D'Angelo Williams looks very, very good. And, you know, he could be the guy that that, that, that fills in for Le'Veon Bell. And say, what do you need Le'Veon Bell? Until you see Le'Veon Bell on the show, you're like, <laughs> right. oh, that's, that's the reason why. Now, I'm not saying that Connor and Bell's on the same level. I'm saying if you're going to sit there and have an adequate replacement for a short period of time, absolutely James Connor can do it. But once Le'Veon Bell gets here, and you'll instantly realize no matter how much in shape James Connor is and how well he's playing, they're two totally different guys now. Mark Caballi, very good. <laughs> Mark Caballi of The Athletic joining us here on the Crowley Show. What does Le'Veon gain if he doesn't play until week 11, what what does know. that do for him? I don't know because if you're if you're trying to reduce the wear and tear on his body, I don't think there's one team next March are going to say, "Well, he had 400 carries last year. I don't want you." So I don't think that's the issue. Okay, you have 10 games that maybe you don't play, and it gives you a less chance of get injured. But the last time I looked, you can get injured in week 11, 12, 13, 14. 
and so on and so forth, you can get hurt significantly too. And that's what you have to weigh your options are. If you're willing to give up eight million bucks, show up week ten, then all of a sudden you have a significant injury twelve thirteen. Then all of a sudden, you know that's not a very good option. What he did, he's just hoping that. If he does decide to go to week 10, which I don't think that's going to be the case, I think he'll more likely be here tomorrow, but who knows with this guy. But uh, I think the fact that I think he wants the guaranteed $30 million, $35 million next year, compared to the $8 million he would lose this year, that's the only only difference there is. You're just... But he'll never make back that $8 million over the life of that contract, but it will secure him more. If somebody says to you, Adam, I'll give you 8 bucks right now, but if you wait 10 weeks and I'll give you 30 bucks, you'll probably wait 10 weeks, right? Actually, I'd say, why don't you give me 14 right now and then 30 in, in, in 16 weeks? I mean, that that's what doesn't make sense to me with Le'Veon. Because I also think that there there's a faction of people, Mark, that say his yards per carry weren't great last year. Maybe he's slipping a little bit, 2,200 yards, then down to 1,900 yards. What if he takes another slip this year? Uh, I think Le'Veon needs to show that he's still that explosive guy that he's been in the past. I, I think it could wind up hurting him that way, too. I don't think it matters. I don't think he can do anything this season other than getting hurt significantly to, to, to uh, have his value go down. I think once you get the March and that first day of free agency frenzy where they're throwing you know, crazy money at people like Sammy Watkins, Le'Veon Bell, regardless if he has 2.8 yards of carry this year, is going to get a significant contract with – all of a sudden, significant contracts are, have significant signing bonuses, guaranteed money over the past week. And that couldn't have uh, – maybe that altered his plan a little bit. Oh, Khalil Mack's getting how much guaranteed? Aaron Donald's getting how much guaranteed? All of a sudden, my guarantee might go up a little bit more. So that's probably the way he's thinking. It's either that or, you know, he's working on another rap album, The Drop. Right. Or he's grabbing some cottage cheese ass at a strip club in Florida. Mark. I'm a big cottage cheese fan. It's oh, underrated. Jesus. Holy hell. I mean, Oh, you're talking about the strip club. I'm talking about the actual food. I, I mean, I would rather go to the strip club that Le'Veon Bell went to and grab that <laughs> ass than take a spoonful of cottage cheese ever again really? in my entire life. I know people that don't like cottage cheese, and it's kind of weird to me. I don't like it. Dale Lolly puts ketchup in his. Mark Caballi of The Athletic me here on the Crowley Show. Did the Steelers do anything wrong here? There's a couple of national pundits who seem to think the Steelers yeah. didn't offer fair market value. I want to take their hair out, man. <laughs> I saw that. Uh, one of them's a former player, so typically that's the one issue of having national guys that are former players. Uh, it's pretty hard to – they typically side with the player here. I don't know what the Steelers – I don't know what they wanted the Steelers to do. They they offered him a contract, which we will never really legitimately know the value of it, if it was, you know, what guarantee money it was. And another thing that people tend to be forgetting, we don't know the market value of Le'Veon Bell. We might think we know the market value that is going to be astronomical, but we don't know until you get out there. 
So how can you make the assumption that, that the Steelers did him wrong when you don't even know how he's, how much he's worth because nobody else was allowed to bid on him? I think you have to look so. at the precedent set elsewhere, and the precedent was $8.25 million a damn season for Devontae Freeman, and Le'Veon Bell's going to make $14 million a year. I mean, it is fair market value if you compare it to that. But he thinks he's a different breed than a guy like Devontae Freeman. He thinks he's he is. And he would you know, have $7 million more a Jones year. That. Well, he thinks he's – and another thing here. Another I don't thing. know how you view this, but the uh, setting the market value for running back, I think that's a bunch of baloney. Correct. He doesn't care about anybody else. Why does he care about what the future running backs make? He cares about how much money he's making. And you're trying to tell me that somebody in that locker room, the Steelers locker room, is saying, wait a second, you're holding out because you care what you know Joe Blow next year might get instead of helping us win a championship? I think that's just a convenient excuse right there. He's not worried about setting the market. He's worried about getting the most money he can. Right. It's like saying Aaron Rodgers wanted to be the highest-paid quarterback so that Russell Wilson, whenever he signs his deal, whoever, yeah. whomever's next, so that they get that much money. Nah, that's nonsense. Last thing here, I, don't give, I don't give a bleep about that. Is that what you would say? Something like that? They don't I don't give a bleep, give a bleep about, about that. Yeah. Last yeah. thing here for you, Mark, and I'm not even going to ask a question. I just want your reaction straight from the hip right here. The Steelers made a right. terrible decision by cutting Landry Jones. Terrible. <laughs> Charles Barkley, uh, terrible. I don't know. If I'm not allowed to answer, how am I going to give you a no, You're allowed to say it. You're allowed to respond. I mean, okay, the question is, is it's, you know, you could be right. I, I could be wrong. You may be crazy. <laughs> I won't figure out until I'm wrong, until it's too late. What I'm saying is they're taking a chance, and it's a great Great idea to do it right now. I'll save 1.5. Keep Dobbs in the mix until you need Landry Jones. If you need Landry Jones, then all of a sudden it becomes an awful mistake right. if Josh Dobbs and or Mason Rudolph can't, you know, win you a couple games. Right now it's fine. Come to me in another week or two, another month or two, and if the quarterback's dragging the leg and Josh Dobbs is all of a sudden the wait, oh, he played against third string Carolina Panthers guys. He's not ready. Then all of a sudden it's a huge mistake. Right now, I don't think you can make that decision. They're just rolling the dice and hoping it comes up sevens. Mark, okay. appreciate the time. That was lame, man. Take care. I know. Mark Caboli from The Athletic. I believe we're going to see Le'Veon Bell tomorrow. I think he will be at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex, and I think that all will be forgotten. Okay, it won't be, but the teammates will forget it. I think the teammates will move on. They're in a tough spot because they want to be pissed, I'm sure, at a guy who they don't think is being a very good teammate while at the same time understanding that, man, you want to make as much money as possible. I would be willing to bet that Ramon Foster feels like he gets it. I would imagine that Alejandro Villanueva gets it. I would imagine that insert player here understands what Le'Veon Bell's trying to do. But also, at the same time, they're fighting with themselves because they want their guy there, the guy that they think gives them the best chance to win. He'll be there tomorrow, I think. I also spent the last, oh, I don't know, month and a half telling you that there's no chance Landry Jones does not make this football team. So I'm prepared to be wrong again. If Le'Veon does not show up tomorrow, he's not playing week one. And if he doesn't play week one, though, I don't know why we'd see him before week 11. Coming up next, it's other crap. Hottest take of the day and three stars of the show. It's ESPN Pittsburgh. 
Just because he graduated WVU doesn't mean he's educated. But he does know sports. It's Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh at 970 AM and now at 106.3 FM. Everybody was Kung Fu Brian tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Here's the new intro for you. This is the Crowley Show, where I love Landry Jones, and you should too. <laughs> See, Dizzle comes after me and says, quit your bitching. Bell wouldn't even be in football shape. On third down, he would probably be gassed. Connors, at this point, the best bet. I think that if James Conner is going to get playing time this year, he better get it in the first couple of games. This, of course, being if Le'Veon Bell shows up tomorrow and everything's hunky-dory from there. If Le'Veon Bell does not show up, then, well, James Conner will be the feature back. Let's go to Rich. Rich is next up here on the Crowley Show. What's up, man? Hey, guys. Um, <clears throat> I, I'm thinking about Le'Veon Bell. and I mean, I understand he wants the money and, you know, what player doesn't want it? But at some point in time, you, you kind of have to just, you know, bite the bullet and be like, you know, I got to be there for my team. I mean, it, it seems to me he's being more selfish than a good teammate. So He is, but I've often said this, and it usually happens around bowl season when guys will sit out and everyone will say, they're a bad teammate. Don't they owe the yeah. school anything? Well, what if your family's your teammate? What if you want to get the most money because you want your family to be better off? So you sit out the bowl game. If you're Le'Veon Bell, you want to make as much money as possible. As far as right now, this circumstance, I think if he shows up tomorrow, then all will be forgiven. Uh, he didn't need to be there Monday. Tomorrow's the day he needs to be there. If he's not there, well, then I think you can say he's being selfish and maybe going above and beyond selfish. Well, here's the other part of my question, though, is if, if he sits out and if this continues or whether he shows up or not, all this that has been going on since the off season, do you think other teams that may want to sign him, do you think it hurts their outlook on him? or? So I think that's interesting, too, Rich, and I appreciate the call. Thanks very much. 412-922-2874. I think if it were me, I'd want to see Le'Veon Bell put up another season like he did a couple of years ago with 2,200 yards so that I know that that's still there, so that I know that he's a superstar. Last year was a great year, but two years ago, that's where you'd be paying superstar money for it, I think. I'd want to see him play those games. At the same time, I don't want to pay a guy who's hurt. So Le'Veon Bell sitting out makes it less likely, I'd think, that he gets hurt because there's less opportunities for him to get hurt. It all depends on what you're looking for as a general manager. Point being, probably overall, I don't think it affects him because all it takes is one. All it takes is the New York Jets to say, we've got Darnold, let's sign Le'Veon. All it takes is for the Colts to say, we've got luck, let's sign Le'Veon. All it takes is one. One team to say, we're going to pay you the $45 million guaranteed. We'll give you what Gurley made. It only takes one. So I think you can break it down as much as you want, but 
one team needs to be stupid in how much they'll pay, and I think one team will eventually be stupid. It's time for the hottest take of the day. It's time for the hottest take of the day. Day, day, day. Colin Kaepernick's got people burning shoes left and right. The anthem issue is now forefront in the national conversation again. And my hottest take of the day is... Man, there should have been more college football this weekend. (laughs) They should have spread it out a little bit more. On Sunday, I was hungover. There was a game coming up at night. I was really looking forward to it. All I wanted to do was drink more and watch ball all day. It would have made the four-day weekend, three-day weekend, whatever it was, even better. They should treat that Sunday on opening weekend like the Friday after Thanksgiving Day. You know where you split the games between that Friday and the Saturday? That's how they should do the Saturday-Sunday of opening weekend. Then have the Monday night game. That's perfect. I was jonesing for anything college football. I put on that college football overdrive show on ESPNU. (laughs) I was watching Big Ten Network breaking down what the Big Ten teams did. All I wanted was for somebody to walk over to me Tie my arm up and shoot college football into my veins. And it didn't happen. I did not get enough college football the rest of the weekend. Saturday was great. Saturday, I sat at a bar all day. I got nice and toasted. I watched West Virginia. I watched the end of the Penn State game. I watched Illinois battling whatever team they were battling against. That was on the TV there, and I was commenting on their uniforms the whole time. I don't care what it is. I don't care which team is playing Just give me more college football the day before Labor Day. And then on Labor Day, give me more than one game. Give me an afternoon game and a night game. Give me something to bite into when I'm biting into a burger. Give me something to latch onto when I'm shoving ribs down my gullet. Give me something to hook into the veins. Because I felt like it was missing. At 4th of July, you're watching baseball. Christmas, you got basketball. Thanksgiving, you got football. The day after Thanksgiving, you got football. I realize Labor Day is not one of the big holidays, right? Put that in quotes so people don't get mad at me. It's about labor in this country. Whatever. There should have been more football on. Like, Give me Syracuse whatever. I don't care who's playing. Give me the Wyoming game. That was tight. I don't care. Just give me college ball on a Sunday and a Monday, in addition to Saturday, Friday, and Thursday. Every day! That's what really got me fired up this weekend. Forget about Kaepernick. That was the hottest take of the day. Woo! Other crap. Penn State, if they had played on Labor Day, you think they'd have made overtime? Woo! Other crap. It's been 625 days since Pitt basketball won a conference game. It's time for the three stars of the show. 625, huh? Yeah. Okay. Third star. Tonight's third star of the show, Paul Zeiss. This is Paul Zeiss. Oh, hey, Paul Zeiss. Hey, how you doing? I I have to tell you, I I don't agree with what you're saying. Why? What don't you you agree with, uh, Paul Zeiss? Yins just don't understand. Nike's just, uh, they're, uh, ruining their whole fan base, uh. Appreciate the call. I'll listen to your show on the way home. Uh, coming up next, we got some sports, 20 minutes of commercials, and then an update, and then I come back and ramble a little more and say oh, a lot. 
Uh, second star. Tonight, second star of the show, Cottage Cheese. Or he's grabbing some cottage cheese ass at a strip club in Florida. Mark. I'm a big cottage cheese fan. It's oh, underrated. Jesus. Holy hell. I mean, Oh, you're talking about the strip club. I'm talking about the actual food. I, I mean, I would rather go to the strip club that Le'Veon Bell went to and grab that <laughs> ass than take a spoonful of cottage cheese ever again really? in my entire life. I know people that don't like cottage cheese, and it's kind of weird to me. I don't like it. Dale Lolly puts ketchup in his. Mark Caballi of The Athletic. Uh, thanks to uh, the official chicken wing of the Crowley Show, we got the first star. And tonight's first star of the show, Rusty Bells. Is there any way to dance around it and say what it is on the air? I don't I'm looking know. at the same thing you are, right, Brian? It, it's pretty tough. Um, yeah, it involves talking? Yes. Okay. And swinging back and forth yes, while going just... ding dong, ding dong. And it also can be finished off with a Rusty Sherman? No, it's performed in conjunction oh, with okay. a Rusty Sherman. Okay. You need okay. the Rusty Sherman to do the Rusty Bell. Okay. Okay. Are we looking at taking a tube from the front of the fridge and plugging it in the back of the fridge? You're kind of on the right track. Now now you've gotten out the easiest part of this. Oh. So so after after this this talking refrigerator hose that you've described, um, it gets hard to describe after that. Yes. And then you swing back and forth. But you need something to simulate the rust on the bell. Oh. There's a little... Yeah, very well said, Tom. Very well said. Something of the maybe fecal matter oh. variety. Oh. And you get that from the talking. You want to hear how it's used in a sentence? Okay. Frank truly impressed the party goers at his housewarming party with a great spread of food and spirits, but nothing that even surpa- evening surpassed the awe and excitement of the guests when Frank performed a rusty bell right after lighting everyone to a traditional rusty shirt. <laughs> What a house party Frank is throwing. <laughs> Frank is throwing a party, dude. <laughs> a lot of people, Crowley, don't know that it's very dangerous to attempt a Rusty Bell if you have not mastered the Rusty Sherman. It's a prerequisite. It is. You kind of like moving up. You got to go through the ranks. Like, if you try it, I mean, there's been few people who have died trying that without mastering the, ru- the Rusty Sherman. I can draw an analogy here. Uh-huh. Please do. I thought I could go into Spanish 2 in college. Without doing Spanish 1, you know, the olas and the like. What have you. And whenever I attempted to speak Spanish in Spanish 2, I sounded like an imbecile. And that is what happens. You will look and sound like an imbecile if you try the Rusty Bell without having first performed the Rusty Sherman. And you'll probably have some sprained junk, too. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why James Conner's got to do my Rusty Belt. We have a football show coming up, don't we? Yes. Who no, is it? not tonight. Not tonight? No, no. tomorrow. Tomorrow. Countdown to kickoff from the South Park Clubhouse. Next week, we'll be doing the Monday Night Quarterback from the Bottle Shop. We got Steelers Huddle. I believe two it'll be in. It's Our lineup, baby. It's strong. Looking good. That's the best time of the year. You got Tunch and Wolf, 10 to noon, noon to 2, Stan Saverin. You got me, 4 to 7. You got the night shows from 7 to 9. Tom and Tom are gone. Tom and Tom are <laughs> gone. That makes things better. And then coming up on the 25th, well, will things get worse again? 24th. Oh, okay. Well, then things will have been bad for a day at that point. No. <laughs>